Only an hour and a half into filming, the cameras shut off. They disconnected, all of them. Noises, knocking, cold spells in certain portions, especially the Thompson Commons, which is the graduate hall. The graduate. I'm Griffin Harris. And I'm Christina Victor. And this is Tales from the Haunted Forest, a podcast that investigates the stories behind the hauntings of Drew University's campus. On this episode, The Great Hall. So let's start off with the main question, and one of the main questions we asked every one of our guests. Do you believe in ghosts? Yeah, I, I actually do believe in ghosts, you know. Uh, I, I've been a, a big believer of ghosts and the paranormal for pretty much all of my life. But I, I want to ask you, do you believe in ghosts? Um, I actually do not believe in ghosts. I've never experienced anything myself, um, especially not on Drew's campus. But I would be open to the idea, in a, in, in a way, welcome a haunting. I know mm-hmm. that sounds kind of weird, but I have to see it with my own eyes to believe it. And the reason I chose to do more research on the Great Hall building was because it looks the most haunted. So I expected to experience a haunting or witness something. Yeah, that was that was our first mistake. You experienced a haunting on Drew's campus? When we did our pre-production site visit to the place, I did feel uh, being brushed up against it. But at this point, it could have just been like a placebo effect. (laughs) I'm not saying that I'm more of a non-believer now, but... You know, I wish it was something, but since then there was nothing, so... That's kind of the theme of our episode, is we wish there was something. We wish someone had experienced something. With that being said, let's get into the episode. Okay. So, we actually found we don't have a lot of... We don't have like one um, continuous story that took place in this building. We have lots of little pieces. There have been stories of people seeing faces in the ceiling, the chandelier swaying on their own, a piano playing, and a man with gold spectacles can be seen in this building. The feeling of people being pushed outside as if they're not allowed in here. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a sighting of like a a hand in the basement, but that's easily debunked. You know, there's like, you can see like grooves of uh, handprints. Yeah, or fingerprints. Finger t- fingerprints, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> but with this lack of information, you know, our, our, our archive research, we kind of really had to rely on that. Yeah. Uh, but and with that sh- being said, we got it wrong. Yeah, we should have. I don't even know what we could have done differently. Like, researched it while we were in there looking at the stuff. I mean, because... yeah, we could have, but... I think it's also a good thing we got it wrong because then I think that made our discovery mm-hmm. all the better, you know? Like yeah. things made more sense without us trying to, because in our archive research, mm-hmm. we were all over the place. Yes. At least I was. Um, Me too. I thought we were reading this book about the previous Great Hall building and turns out we were not we thought there was like a tavern somewhere in this in the mix Mm. there was not no 
I mean, could have. Could have yeah. been, but definitely no, not. there was not. Um, but definitely with us getting it wrong, we were so determined to find a story. And we did find a story, like one little blurb. It wasn't yeah. much, but, you know, there's a story of uh, this woman climbing the 13 steps to go into the Great Hall. Keepers of the tale say a spirit draws in an unsuspecting woman to one of the softly lit paths that converge on the hall. Then the front doors of the hall swing open. In real life, they always are locked at night, and strains of classical piano music beckon her inside. Mesmerized, she climbs a stone staircase bathed in light from the overhead window. The swelling music drowns out the hollow echo of her footsteps as she ascends the last 13 steps. Where do they describe it as the last 13 yeah. steps? I guess unlucky 13. Yeah, that's true. The doors to the Great Hall lecture room slowly open. There in the middle of the cavernous room stands a tall, dark, handsome specter in a blue column of light, his back to the door. According to various versions, he either is playing a phantom grand piano, piano or sprawled on a chair, wrapped in the spooky music. He turns to see her. The music stops. The rest is left to the imagination. I don't know. What's your, what's your take on that? Um, That's very interesting. I would be very creeped out if I saw a I mean, ghost yeah. man with a blue light, but I guess that could be comforting in a way to know, like, maybe he's haunting the place, but not in, like, the way we would expect like a haunting to be maybe he was just playing some nice music for himself so if if he really exists again i don't think that really happened but that is our one story that we kind of clung on to because that's all we could find sadly the story didn't go into detail of what the man looked like right um i picture him just wearing like a like a basic black suit yeah i guess about it just looking schnazzy well, I picture him as, like, Samuel Bound himself, and there's a picture of him in the Great Hall. So when I think of a man in the Great Hall, I would definitely assume it's him. Yeah. Haunting, or haunting, like... And technically, it would be his own building. So I feel like if he was a ghost, that's where he would probably be. Mm-hmm. Most likely. All right, so after we looked into the archives and still didn't have a lot of things... We interviewed two people who knew the most about the Drew campus and its history. The first person we interviewed was Dr. Matthew Beeland. He's the university archivist. And Griffin actually met with Dr. Beeland in the Great Hall to talk about the building's history. Here's what he had to say. This building was conceived of and built around 1912, 1913. So about 110 years ago. We're in Great Hall right now, the second floor of the S.W. Baum building. And we're looking at the far end of the hall where there's a sort of little stage. There's a portrait of Samuel Baum. That's the only portrait of him that exists on the whole campus. Really? Baum was uh, a very wealthy man. He co-founded a company that made palatable cod liver oil, which was something used that if you were sick you would have to take this kind of thing. I remember when I was a kid, little in cartoons they used to give, uh, you know, as a punishment they'd give people castor oil, like old Tom and Jerry cartoons. Like that. Well, that's what this guy did, mm-hmm. but he made it palatable. 
made a ton of money. You can still buy today if you go to Amazon, if you look up Scott's emulsion, you'll find it. Uh, so this building, the Bound Gateway, the gymnasium, Hoyt Bound Hall, all those buildings he helped fund. Um, and the Great Hall where we're in right now, this was meant to be the refectory. This would be the place where people would eat. Um, it's modeled after the refectory at Christ Church College in Oxford University, which was John Wesley's college. So that's the effort there. Um, and yeah, uh, we have photography in the archives of the cornerstone laying of this building, which actually, of course, is right out there. And I've got lots of photography, and maybe you've seen some of it online, mm -hmm. of students in here, of the refectory, people eating in this space. Um, there's a graduate commons just over there, and there's a kitchen. We have photography of that, too. Yeah. Um, so when going through kind of the archive research, anything we can find, this building doesn't really have a lot of, like, there's plenty of sightings, or plenty of sightings, really, but not enough stories or, like, legends. <laughs> behind the sightings? Why do you think that is? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, unlike uh, Brown Gymnasium, where there's a, a, the ghost of Reggie, this mm -hmm. mischievous student, or Hoytbound Hall, which has the ghost, of, of apparently, of a, a woman who's been wronged, who's experienced some sort of violence. Um, yeah, this building doesn't have any particular... Uh, hauntings except for the sort of uh, paranormal aspect of the uh, chandeliers yeah. sort of uh, moving and swaying. Some of that I think you can be if you just move around mm -hmm. yourself. I, I, I think this building benefits from, from being old, <laughs> from, from, from being not used as much either. Mm -hmm. um, the, the theater ghost benefits from just theaters usually having lots of ghosts. The dormitory, because it's, you know, there's a, the fourth floor is all women's hall. This building is kind of a mystery because it's not, it's not, it's not utilized, I think, to the extent that it could be. I was a graduate student here. Mm -hmm. I came here in 1997. There'd still be meetings up here. We'd have parties up here. Um, there was an effort to get an elevator put in here because that's really what's keeping this space inaccessible. Right. It is, this building is not ADA accessible. There's no, no elevator. There's not a lot of buildings on campus that are accessible, uh, accessible for wheelchairs. Right, yeah. And there were efforts, there were, I even have plans in the archives of how to sort of, plans to add an elevator, right? Sort of back, and there's, if you think, if you look at the top of the building, it's sort of like an L, and right in the corner there, they were going to build them. But the money never materialized, mm -hmm. which is unfortunate. Um, this space could be magnificent for you know, sort of you know, uh, Harry Potter-themed events I mean, yeah, or Halloween. Uh, like, I personally work with WM and Jamie Station Manager for there, and like okay. some of the board members talk about, like, like basically like an end of semester, like a winter, like a new year, basically ball in here. Sure. Like, like a masquerade type thing. And a I'm ball like, yeah, would be fantastic. I don't know how we're going to rent it out, but yeah, it'd be awesome. <laughs> it um, would. It'd be, it would be great. Um, so, yeah. obviously the sightings are chandeliers swinging. Uh-huh. Faces in the ceiling? Yeah. But the, like, is it the ceiling itself or like the banisters? I really don't know. <laughs> there are like little gargoyles if you look yeah, very Yeah, but like closely. that's not really like the ceiling It's though. not the face. Yeah. 
Yeah, I personally have not, I've not seen that. I've not had any experiences in this building or anywhere on campus really? myself. I don't, I don't gainsay anybody else's experiences. Uh, I myself have not had them. Mm -hmm. um, Are you a believer in ghosts? In ghosts? I do believe in the supernatural. Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. I've never had a ghostly encounter that I could recognize as such myself. Um, but yeah, uh, the, I, I think because this building stands out as being unlike any other building mm -hmm. on campus. You think it would be like the most haunted? This, yeah, this, you get this That's kind of That's kind of why I signed lore. up for this. I'm like, cool, it'll be easy. Plenty of ghosts, plenty of sightings, <laughs> plenty of stories. No, none of them. Right. You know, going through the archives, like all the archival research, uh, Christine and I kind of had to create our own theories and stories. Like the woman who was wronged in Hoyt. Mm -hmm. This used to be like a dorm for all women. This is true, yes. So I feel, and we have a theory, that like a lot of like ghosts like to wander around the campus itself uh -huh. and because they're so close, uh -huh. maybe she was wronged actually in here. Maybe, And then, yeah. you know, her spirit drifted <laughs> off. Again, I don't know because I don't know the time of all like the Hoyt right. uh, ghosts there, but, you know, we kind of have to... Uh, create our own theories and like yeah we've heard stories of people seeing like a gold spectacled man in here oh, like interesting. Figure in like a mirror and like I think that's Sammy B right here himself. <laughs> um, he, he kind of has like gold spectacles <laughs> so you personally have not seen anything at all not in this space at all mm -hmm. and I was here a lot as a graduate student I, I took comprehensive exams in this very room Spent a lot of time in this room over here, yeah. uh, which is the Thompson Commons, the Commons room, which initially would have been like a, if this was a small, a big, large room to have all of the, the students and faculty eat, that would be like a special room, and a, and a room too to relax, just a common area. Um, I've had classes in the classroom over here, which is where I expect is I suspect it was the kitchen. You can have photography of that in the archives. Um, yeah, yeah, I've spent a long time in this building. Never, never had any experiences. After hearing like the story about like the woman climbing like the thirteen steps and like the man with the blue light playing uh, piano music, mm -hmm. like a devilishly haunting music is what it said. Mm -hmm. Like, and they said it was like over by the fireplace magic. Oh, interesting. So it was very close to those stairs. Yeah. How do you feel that? Like, what is your take on that? Hmm. I don't know. I, I'm. Somewhat skeptical of some stories, having mm -hmm. not experienced that myself here. Um, I mean, there is an old piano. It's actually just right over there. Yeah. Um, I've heard other people tell stories um, of hearing uh, music. And these are people I know, too, so, mm -hmm. but not, they... not here in this building, They in, in other buildings. Oh, okay. I was about yeah. to say, like, are they like women? Because it seems like when that story is like, oh, it's specifically for like young women or like students. Yeah. Well, I have a sort of pseudo-psychological theory mm -hmm. about, I think those stories, uh, the stories of women wronged, I feel are sort of a way to kind of deal with Yeah, like stresses. give them justice in a sense. Yeah, and, and to deal with, you know, uh, Drew became co-ed in, in the, during the Second World War and, and a little thereafter permanently. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and initially, you know, women weren't appreciated, just in all guys' school. Um, and, you know, women face these issues on campus. Uh, you know, it's a way to kind of deal with it psychologically, right. I think. That, that, that's very pop psychology. There's nothing too thick about that. But that's kind of my, my take on it. Mm -hmm. So you think that ghosts are like 
not like not necessarily like saying always, but like is a like uh, like a buffer in a sense to yeah. deal with like sexual trauma, basically. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, or to put it off. That happened to somebody else. We tell the story to sort mm-hmm. of make it so we don't have to like a buffer. Yeah, yeah. we don't have to worry about that. <laughs> um, what can you tell me about? Samuel Bowne's wife, because I've heard stories that she hates Drew. <laughs> Nettie, well, there she's here yeah. at the other end. Yeah, Nettie, uh, um, Nettie, uh, she was the first female uh, m- member of the board of trustees, mm-hmm. I believe. Because um, I know these stained glass windows are, are a gift to her or, to, or from her. Um, uh, it, he, she had an involvement with those. Yeah, yeah, initially we wanted all, let's see, there's like there's seven windows on each side. Mm-hmm. We wanted all fourteen to be painted. Uh, we only got enough for the the, oh, the, okay. the four. Nice. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah. Th- that kind of thing happens. Um, the other connection to her too is a relative of hers, uh, also in the Bound family, donated money for the Media Resource Center, which mm-hmm. is in the basement of the the library, the Learning Center, the new the new wing of, of the. I say new wing, the 1980s wing of, of the library. Um, yeah, that's the other connection there. People say, what is, who is that bound woman? Well, mm-hmm. yeah, there she is, I don't know. All portraited women look very stern some, for some reason. I don't know, they're often painted that way. That's in there yeah. for so long. I know, know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we still didn't have a complete story. And then I interviewed Candace Riley, who is the manager of special collections at the archive. She definitely knew more about the building's history than I did, so that was helpful to learn about. So do you yourself believe in ghosts? <laughs> I do, um, but I have yet to see one. Okay. So I, I feel like I'm waiting for that yeah. moment. Um, but I love like horror culture, paranormal culture. Any new horror movie that comes out, I have to go see it. Mm-hmm. So I'm very invested in Halloween and all the spooky stuff, which is why I'm so passionate about like hauntedrew.com and the ghost stories on campus. So, what is the story, do you know, about the haunting in the Great Hall? Because I've heard, yeah. like, little pieces, like, people see things, but is there, like, a tale about it? Unfortunately, the Great Hall doesn't have, like, a solid tale, like we do with Hoyt mm-hmm. or Reggie from the Shakespeare Theater. But the thing is I find really fun in this building is where we're sitting actually right now in this amazing space that was once copied after Oxford Church, which people think of the Great Hall in Harry Potter, mm-hmm. um, that it was a refectory. So similar to how it was used in like the Harry Potter movies or the refectory at Oxford, this would have been full of tables. So people would have ate here and all of like that energy and like fun and environment of talking about school would have been in this space. So if people believe like energies linger, there's so much of that here. This was like a hub, and this was also a grad lounge, too, right behind us in those mm-hmm. doors. So there were so much people in this building. It was the place to dine and be together. So I'm wondering if the reason that it's haunted was from those events. Like, so we, I, what I do know is the chandeliers sway. And you can see these are heavy chandeliers above us. Mm-hmm. They're steel with some really heavy glass hung to the ceiling. Um, as we've been sitting in here, nothing swayed. Mm-hmm. So for it to sway on its own, I think that's something doing that. Yes. And so that's kind of what I know. It's that kind of the building itself things happen to. Um, 
I'm waiting for a story from somebody who works in the building to say, I think there's something. Some people who I've heard who worked here were like, I've been there for 20 plus years, I didn't see anything. Mm -hmm. But you know what, it's the same thing in the archives. People have been there for over 40 years. They say nothing, but then I have someone who's been there for 10 years or less and they're like, no, this building is haunted. So I think it matters um, if the person is open to believing. But I love this space and I think there must be some ghost who also yeah. loves it. <laughs> These like pictures are a little, creepy on their own. They are. So what we're looking at right now behind us is a painting of Samuel W. Bound, S.W. Bound. Mm -hmm. So I think it actually says uh, he was part of pharmaceutical manufacturers at the time. He lived from 1842 to 1910. And down there, my guess would it probably be his wife. Mm -hmm. But you're right. I don't think I'd want to come in here at night and stare at these paintings. Right. Kind of similar to how the Roxana Mean Drew painting lives mm -hmm. in Mead Hall. I don't want to cross her. So... We were looking at um, um, a box from the archives with all the information about hauntings and um, people mentioned like seeing a woman in a white dress or a man with gold spectacles. Do Ooh. you know anything about that? I would love to know more about the man with gold spectacles. Do you know which building he is It was it? here. Really? Yeah, someone I think... One what? of the tales was they saw a man with gold spectacles, and my partner and I were thinking it could be him. It could be S.W. Bound. Yeah. I mean, he's not shown there with the spectacles, right. but that does not mean that he didn't have them. Mm -hmm. um, oh, now I want to look at more photos yeah. of him to see if that's actually him. That I like that a lot. Um, the woman in white, I know she primarily hangs out in Mead Hall. That's where her legend goes. Did she also, did she also yeah, come up I here a bit? I think it mentioned her a little bit. So uh, somebody else asked me a question um, when they were asking about the Shakespeare Theater about do ghosts travel? Mm, yeah. And I think that's a really fascinating question because, I mean, we're a single campus. There's nothing stopping a ghost from walking to building to building. So the way I think of people think of like Harry Potter with the ghosts kind of having their own little parties together, mm -hmm. what's stopping our ghosts from doing the same thing? Right. So the lady in white, maybe from Mead Hall, comes over here, sees SW Bound, has a fun conversation, and heads back to Mead Hall at night. Do you know anything about like the hand print in the basement? No, tell me about that. Well, apparently, well, we went down there the other day, there's like a hand print, but it looks like someone was just like, like working on, because it's, I think it's unfinished oh. the basement, and they just like, Put their hands. Oh, that's people interesting. People are kind of like, oh. So, yeah. But what you kind of mentioned was how um, I think a lot of our stories start. Mm -hmm. So even like if you and your partner are doing this podcast, if you mentioned the hand in the basement of SW Bound, I would not be, I would not be surprised if in 10 years mm -hmm. the hand in the basement becomes a, more of a legend right. that we're then telling <laughs> on campus because that's how I think these ghost legends go. It's that it's an oral tradition and then it just goes from person to person, and then these stories are augmented mm -hmm. in a really fun way. Yeah, my teacher mentioned you like put together some digital way to like look at these stories. Yeah, so um, in 2020, when we were shut down completely, mm -hmm. um, and the students, you guys weren't allowed to come back to campus, we wanted to bring the ghost stories to you more. So the way that we did that was we made hauntedrew.com. So we realized beforehand there was no way that we had all our stories together. Like what you're seeing in the archives is just like some boxes of material, mm -hmm. but that's not all the stories. Um, so we made Haunted Drew as a way for people to submit their own stories and we add them to the site. And we also went through 
I went through a lot of pages on the internet of like people writing about Drew's ghost stories. So I added them there. But then also we made videos of the different places on campus, one of them being SW Bound. Because we heard of the Chandeliers movie, I wanted to see if we can catch that on film. And what was weird, what happened was, this was our final place of recording. And what we normally did was around like 7 p.m. at night, we would set up cameras in the location. So I think we had cameras in this room and then in the stairwell. And it would both pick up audio and visual. Um, only an hour and a half into filming, the cameras shut off. They disconnected, oh. all of them. Which is weird because the whole campus goes in the same Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. And we did not have an issue in any previous recordings. So actually an alumni contacted us because they were going to watch the live footage that night. And they were like, what happened? And we're like, the cameras just shut off. Like, and they're like... I think the ghost did that. You need to go back and do it. We're like, we don't have another scheduled night. Maybe mm -hmm. we can come back to it another year. Um, but we tried and nothing came of it. So I like to tell the story now that I think whatever is here did not want to be recorded. Yeah. So maybe SW Bound with his gold spectacles went over to our cameras and just fiddled with them. Yeah. Um, because literally all the other buildings like Mead Hall, um, we also did Hoyt. We did a couple floors of Hoyt. And we did um, the field building. All of those worked perfectly fine. And we did them like every week. So we did four weeks of this to celebrate October and Halloween. And those also, those tapes that are all online, there's like 12 hours of footage for the night, have not been gone through completely yet. So there may be other things that we have yet to see. Um, there's also reports of someone like hearing a piano play. Yeah. I would believe that, yeah. Because yeah. think about it, it's not just a dining hall. It could also be for dances. Right. So I think it's kind of what you think about a building or you, where you, you think that lingering energy is. If it's them just keeping the party alive. Um, there's also a conversation I like to bring up about like haunted objects um, in the archives. Like we had one student opened a book once and then all the lights shut off upstairs and the book was on demon exorcisms oh. so and the lights upstairs in the archives don't just shut off like that there's like many switches so mm -hmm. can't explain it right so yeah i would i would not be um opposed to thought of a piano playing itself or a ghost piano because i don't think i see one anymore right yeah that sounds creepy um and also one of the main um Little stories from this building was people reported seeing like faces on the ceiling. Ooh. I wonder if it's just the um, the carvings in the wood. That could I've be heard fun. it was like on the actual ceiling part. So. Oh, I like that. That's very uh, Shirley Jackson haunting of Hill House, which that would be great if there was. Um, I think that goes back to kind of like just a building itself being haunted, and right. what you see. But you're right, at the end of the vault, you have these great little carvings on them. So is it somebody's eyes playing a trick on them? Right. Or are there just some strange things happening when you look up at the ceiling? Also, the light can play tricks on you in this room too, mm -hmm. right? Um, yeah. Because think about it, when it's darker out, you only have these lamps lighting, and they don't give off that much light. They're beautiful, but they don't give off that much. I think I see some lights in the ceiling, but this room is so big mm -hmm. that I think your eyes can definitely uh, play some tricks. Are there any other like stories about this building or any just information you know? Um, about this building, I wish we had more. 
And I think there is more. It's just that people haven't yeah. told their stories yet. But like you shared with me today, I had no idea about the Man with the Gold Spectacles because I never looked at the archival documents before. Mm -hmm. And now I want to figure out who he is. Right. So I think... The more we keep telling these stories and asking questions, I think we're going to hear from more people. You know, after these interviews, we decided to see if we could find any students who had experiences themselves, and we ran into a couple of them. You know, a lot of them said, negative stuff not negative stuff but like nothing that helped us they were right. just they were like yeah i haven't seen anything uh one of them in particular we actually found when we were doing a quick site visit just on our own uh, yeah. after hearing about this basement hand um this guy's name is omar he's in the philosophy club but yeah when we interviewed him he had this to say yeah so supposedly this 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 building is haunted mm -hmm. um yeah we tested it out last halloween but what did you test out to no avail. I mean, we just so it was nighttime when we did this. I guess last time, completely dark, all the lights off, everything. You know, try to summon some ghosts. Nothing happened. Um, when it went down to the basement, mm -hmm. nothing happened. Um, walked around, pulled through the, the, the. There's like a hole. Like uh, yeah, we just checked that place out. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't know if you want to put it like if you can find this, these like little squares that you can go through. Um, yeah, piano didn't stop playing. Like, how, did you, how did you feel about Omar? I remember we were so excited to run into someone in the Great Hall. We're like, yay, finally this is someone we can talk to. It was also right around Halloween, so we were like, this is perfect. But again, after listening to what he said, we didn't have much more than we had before we talked to him, so I think we were a little bit discouraged again. Because um, we still don't have anyone who had really experienced anything in the Great Hall, which is what we were looking for and what we kept trying so hard to find. So after this interview, we went out again and looked for more people to talk to. And we found two people that were willing to talk. We ran into Oliver and Nish were two other student interviews. And we just happened to run into them in the EC area. Hi, I'm Griffin Harris, and I'm here with... Oliver Morton. So, are you aware that Dream University is haunted? I have not. Are you a believer? Generally, no. Mm -hmm. um, I don't believe in, in ghosts. But, hey, if, if, if something happens, I'm, I'm more than willing to change my mind. So, I, I just have never personally experienced any paranormal things. Um, so, How long have you been with the Medieval Club? Uh, since last year. Mm -hmm. yeah. And have they always been in the Great Hall? Uh, mostly, yeah. It's been most of our practices and rehearsals and things like that are in the Great Hall. Why did you guys choose the Great Hall? It's the most medieval building on campus, yeah. I think. <laughs> it looks, yeah. It looks creepy. Mm -hmm. but it might not. Do you think that anybody else, a part of the club, could give us information? Um, or is anybody like that you know of a believer? There's a lot of TMT members who are uh, believers in ghosts and yeah. would definitely have some stories to tell. Um, I see at least one over there in that mm -hmm. circle there. 
So, um, yeah, maybe maybe give them a, an interview as well. All right. Thank you. And again, Oliver said he was open to being haunted, hadn't experienced anything himself, which I find very interesting because I feel the same way. And Drew's listed as one of the most haunted campuses in America, yet there aren't a lot of people on campus now who had experienced anything in the Great Hall, but so many people were open to the idea of being haunted. found that very interesting. He, he pointed us in the right direction, and he was saying that he was very open to it, not from like a scientific point of view like Omar, but like definitely like, yeah, I just got to see it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just when we were about to give up, we found Niche, mm-hmm. and they were like, oh, my God, I have so many stories to tell And we you. were like, oh, thank God. Yeah, I was so <laughs> happy. Hi, I'm Dirk Harris. I'm here with Niche. Okay, you need to give me more. To, like, <laughs> what do you expect me to say? Your full name, yeah. maybe like what year you are or something. Okay, my name is Nish. I'm a junior in the class of 2024. I'm an international student here. I ro- do run a, I'm in the heads board for a club that has a lot of its activities in the Great Hall. And we have had a fair share of experiences. So what experiences have you had? Uh, random noises, knocking cold spells in certain portions, especially the Thompson Commons, which is the graduate hall, the graduate common room. Yeah. Um, in the main great hall, when we do our combat practices, uh, there have been times that the lights have flickered on and off without any reason. Good weather, we have heard the windows creak too much, uh, regardless of whether it's being windy or not. We have had a t- time when we were sitting in the commons, the Thompson Commons, and there's a door that leads down a staircase mm-hmm. that you can come up with. And then there's the one that comes from the Great Hall, like a hidden door you can come across. And we're expecting someone to come in, and we hear knocking, and we hear it a few times, and we open it, there's no one on the stair- staircase doorway. And then the next moment, the person we're expecting to arrive comes through the Great Hall, and that happened like three times over last semester and this semester in total. Um, I have had times when I felt like I wasn't the only one in the over there. There was this during daytime at broad daylight. I was just chilling, doing my homework, and I heard the piano play twice: once last fall, once last semester spring. And what else? I've heard people say that they have seen shadows around there. People in my club. We are the medieval club, so we try to be very gentle with the place just to not freak anyone out or ourselves out. Um, that's my experience of the Great Hall that I can like confirm. I've had a personal experience with a ghost in Asbury, just in case you know, where it freaked us all out. The attic, attic is scary. Mm-hmm. Something else about the Great Hall, there was a time that I saw the lights were turned off in the Great Hall and I walked, I was walking in front of it and I look up, it's turned off and I walk to the front and I look up again on the other side, it's turned on. So I just felt like it was like at 12.01 at night. And which is weird because the only ways to get in or out is on this side and that side and I didn't see anyone here and I expected. So I just went in and everything was pitch black apart from the great hall room so I didn't go up the stairs because I couldn't hear anyone I couldn't see anyone but everything was black dark and I got really freaked out because that never happens 
how did, how did you feel about niche interview? I was very excited that we had someone who, when we asked the question, do you believe in ghosts? Have you experienced anything in the Great Hall? They said, yes. It was it was unexpected. They talked about, as you heard, the piano music, which I thought was crazy because that was like one of the only stories we really had. And then this person is kind of like saying that, yeah, that happened to them as well. I don't know. It's kind of crazy. Like, so they really experienced a haunting that we had learned about previous, which was cool. And, you know, just as a note for people that are still wanting to be skeptical, we did not approach Niche with any information mm-hmm. prior. You know, after interviewing Niche, do you believe now? Do you believe something? I don't know. It's for me, like, again, I'd have to experience it myself to believe it or, like, see some evidence of it. Mm. I mean, I totally believe them also because, like, they experienced this. They believe it happened. It probably did happen in some way. So I'm kind of conflicted. Do you believe this is possible? I don't think that all of the sightings that we listed before in this episode were all the sightings that are real. Once again, like, that handprint, I don't believe that at all. I've seen that handprint. It is just... Yeah, we should talk about the handprint. A black ink hand, you know? Whole hand. Maybe tar, yeah. Like, it's not just like a part of the It's not like a smear. Like, someone really just planted the You know, typically when people talk about, like, handprints, it's like a weird, chilling handprint in the window. Mm -hmm. I'm referring to media or whatever. And definitely, you know, kind of their biggest sighting that they talk about is the chandelier swing. Yeah. uh, During the ghost tour with Candace. Yeah, but chandeliers, I do usually believe. Uh, but that is a very old building. Mm-hmm. Buildings settle. That's just what it is. Right. Um, however, the the piano, very spooky. There is a piano in the Great Hall, but it's nowhere. Like, it's put away in storage. Another thing that I, I do believe is the gold-spectacled man, and he can be related to Sammy B himself or, yeah. you know, the piano. But for now, he'll remain a mystery, I guess. You know, we can only theorize this stuff. You know, what what sightings do you not believe, but, you know, like believe more than the others that are less easier to debunk i should say i guess i mean the chandelier could happen like you said building settle Mm -hmm. maybe like the window was open and there was some strong wind that i could see would be like okay that could happen like if i was walking around myself and saw that i wouldn't necessarily jump to a haunting um, the piano obviously is more creepy, and the, seeing the man with the blue light behind him also. So I think those are easier to debunk because yeah. I don't know how that could just happen out of nowhere. I mean, that's what makes it paranormal, you know? Right. We can't really explain. I think I'm going I'm to get philosophical here okay. for a second. I think that's what a lot of people kind of don't realize about the paranormal or supernatural or whatever and you know you're probably one of those people included like there's no science behind it like you can approach experts and they'll give you a scientific reason but that's really at the end of the day just to shut you guys up you know like it's not something that can be explained right you can detect things with electromagnetic frequencies that they use like emf readers um because it's a change in electricity in the air um again there's no there's no real like science to prove it right i think that's what's hard for me because i don't know if they don't see it if it doesn't 
happen like normally then you ever watched the polar express yes you know how they say seeing is not always believing okay yeah yeah <laughs> take <laughs> some advice true. so i guess i'm kind of neutral mm. because i'm not gonna say niche never experienced any of this and they just made this up but you also you saying that you're neutral that's a win in my book okay that's fine. a win i'm neutral yeah and i guess that my opinion hasn't really changed because I expected Drew to be so haunted, I wasn't like surprised by any of this, but I would like to have experienced something or had lots of people who had experienced things um, in the Great Hall because it is the most haunted looking building in my opinion. Yeah, I don't think my belief of ghosts have changed at all. I think that, you know, the Great Hall is definitely a place that I'm more skeptical about. Like, I am a believer, but I am skeptical of some areas. Right. Just because it's either too good looking to be true or you know sometimes they're just easily debunked facts like the hand you know i'm not i'm not an idiot <laughs> you know yeah but yeah do you have any any final words for this episode i mean i guess my advice to listeners would be go out and form your own opinions about the great hall i think i'm kind of never want to go in that building again because we've just been so discouraged with finding a haunting for the purpose of this podcast episode but i mean it is a really pretty building and i'm sure people maybe would experience something maybe not i wish you could, we could use it for more classes you know yeah like that building's not used for anything barely even faculty offices yeah and that's because it doesn't have the appropriate accessibility resources like there's no like, elevator or anything so yeah. it's just old anyways Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Tales from the Haunted Forest was recorded at Drew University. This episode was reported, hosted, and edited by me, Christina Victor, and Griffin Harris. Our professor and producer was Dr. Andrew Salvati. Our technology fellow was Dylan McCarthy, who was also an associate producer. Additional editing was done by Andrew Salvati and Nick Kilgore. Our theme song is Frogman in the Fabric of Time by Dylan McCarthy and Jeremy Spivak. Additional musical services were provided by Ben Chamone Collins. For a full listing of music used in this and other episodes of Tales from the Haunted Forest, check out our website, hauntedrew.com. Special thanks to Dr. Matthew Beeland, Candice Riley, and all the people who shared their stories with us. To see photos of Drew University's haunted buildings and to read more campus ghost stories, please visit hauntedrew.com. If you have a story of a haunting you experienced at Drew University, or if you want to tell an account that you were told, please send it to us via email at speckhall at drew.edu. That's S-P-E-C-C-O-L at drew.edu. Thanks for checking out Tales from the Haunted Forest, and please remember to rate us and give us a review wherever you find us. And consider sharing us with that special person in your life who loves a good ghost story. 